Welcome to Cheer Shots to the Cranium Interviews. I'm Stephen Goforth. My guest today is a true veteran of the ring. He has wrestled all over the world for companies such as Florida Championship Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the WWE, WCW, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He's had great success in the independent ranks, and he comes from the legendary Armstrong Wrestling family. Please welcome as my guest the one and only Steve Armstrong. Steve, how have you been? Hey, Mr. Goforth. Mr. Stephen Goforth. Nice name, bud. I appreciate nice it, buddy. You. So how have you been? out there tonight. I hope to answer some questions for you and, and uh, put some things straight with you and, and talk about some old stuff, uh, maybe where I started and where we finished and, and that kind of deal. And, and, uh, and just glad to be back alive again and back into this business. Yes, sir. Well, you still tour the independent circuit, and you're getting ready to make an appearance this coming Saturday, August the 11th, with Universal Championship Wrestling in Barnesville, Georgia. You also have a son, Steve Jr., who's coming up through the ranks and trying to make a name for himself. How much does professional How much does professional wrestling occupy your time these days, whether it's your performances and your appearances or helping Steve Jr.? Um, well, with helping him, I'm always you know right there for him. So that's, and he lives right here with me, so that's a daily deal. We just mostly talk about stuff, situations and such, and uh, kind of try, try to give him as much as I can on what to expect about the business and you know, how the guys, the good guys will always be nice to you and be cool, and the jerks are going to be jerks, so just don't even worry about it, that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, how the hate can come and how to ignore that stuff and be able to walk right away from it with the confidence that you get from the Lord. And, uh that's the way, I, you know, we based everything like that. And he's a Christian kid, but not, you know, he's not a Bible-toting, thumping kid or anything like that. But uh, we know who's the boss and everything. And uh, But he's got the heart of a lion. And uh, he, he he's tough enough to take a, take an ass with him. And uh, <laughs> butt with him. Sorry about that. No, you're uh, fine. And, and he can, uh, yeah, he's he's good. He's a go-getter, man. He's got the attitude for it. And he's... He's got that competitive spirit once, he, once he's in the ring, no doubt. Of course, you grew up with three brothers who were mm-hmm. also very successful in wrestling. How was it growing up with these three brothers who love wrestling as much as you? I'm sure there were a lot of fights around your house. <laughs> Man, we broke a lot of glasses and windows and, and car windows, playing baseball and stuff in the yard, you know. Uh, throwing a bat, a bat slip out of the hand and going through a windshield uh, a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we wrestled, we boxed, uh, and we just did all kind of, you know, uh, kind of competitive fighting, like, without hitting in the face. After you hit punch in the face, you were out, and you were in trouble, too. You got your butt whipped if you punched in the face. So <laughs> the only one mean enough to do that was Scotty, and he, <laughs> he would do it. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, man, uh, Brad was, you know, Brad was the glue of this family. When he passed, things have changed, man. Things have changed. Uh, but, you know, I'm still alive, and I, I'm, I'm here to just spread the love anymore. You know what I mean? I've yeah. had enough. I've had enough of the ill, Ill stuff and, the, you know, all the stuff that the problems that the big-time business brings you. And uh, the bigger, more, more money, more problems, well, that's more right. That's exactly right. Now, your uh, father, your father, Bullet Bob Armstrong, was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2011. Tell us about that experience with watching your dad get inducted, and how did his career influence you growing up? 
um, geez, he influenced me, and I mean, he was—he had such big arms at the time. I would look over; I'd be like at little league practice. The first time I really noticed that he was different from everybody when he was standing over there on the sideline. He was—I guess at his tallest, he was probably about six one, seven eight, or six one and a half, and two two sixty, and had arms that were twenty one, and they looked much bigger. You know, they looked just giant from the. I remember looking at him on the sideline over there with all the fathers. And he had these guns that were just huge. And I'm like, wow, what is my dad, Superman or something? <laughs> you know, in the kid's mind, you think, you're thinking, my dad like Superman or something. What's wrong? What's up here? He's huge. And nobody else is. And, and you know, so that, I started realizing then of something special. And then we went, we'd go to like Six Flags over Georgia. And, and uh, we, we were young kids. And he'd get stopped every, every four or five minutes. He'd get stopped by fans and be shaking hands and I'd be looking at my mom we'd say who's that you know who is this right. didn't understand yet we still didn't know he was over like that and I didn't I wasn't old enough to realize and then finally you know he said well he's a wrestling fan then we then we started he started letting us watch television Atlanta and out of Atlanta Georgia championship with uh promoter was an old dude named Paul Jones yeah very respectful guy Paul, promoter Paul Jones and uh, we'd sit up on the the, the, um, the stage at the Atlanta Municipal Auditorium. And to me, you know, it was big and larger than life. And I remember when they'd have a match, they'd turn all the lights out and they'd drop a, like a floodlight or less light. Maybe just a big old bulb, giant bulb, you know, with, with like a tent, giant tin pan thing over it to shine the light straight down onto the ring only. Uh-huh. And that was, to me, that was the bomb. And, I mean... It just, I don't know, just envision great. You can see a guy becoming greater than he is in that dark and, and, and just that light in the ring. I don't know. Well, let's go back to your appearance with Universal Championship okay. Wrestling on August the 11th. This will be your okay. first time performing for UCW. I'm sure you're right, very, right. I'm sure you're very excited about appearing uh, on that show. How excited are you to be working for such a great organization like UCW that involves the community and local charities mm-hmm. into their show? Well, man, this is what wrestling really is. I mean, if you go all over the world and, and there's wrestling in so much, so many parts of the world, it's all like that. That's real wrestling. The community involved, the, you know. I mean, so what? We don't drop, put 10,000 people in a, a giant arena or whatever. You've got that, that um, legitimacy of just, I don't know, it's old school and, and universal championship wrestling. Um, where tradition rises from the ashes is their go their by byline. Absolutely, and it's for real. That saying, where tradition rises from the ashes, is literal. The tradition of wrestling, old Atlanta wrestling from the auditorium with Paul Jones promoting it, Ricky Steinborn, Bill Drummo, uh, the Assassin, uh, Scrappy McGowan, for God's sake, uh, Charlie Smith, the referee. Daryl Cochran, who's my dad's mentor and mine too, for that mm-hmm. sake, for that matter. Daryl Cochran was a big, huge, strong man. He's way before your time and everything, man, I'm sure. But he was probably famous in the, uh, in the 50s, I guess, and in the 60s, 50s and 60s. And uh, but what a great man he was. He taught me a lot about God and how to, you know, to be a good boy and don't be don't be getting into bad stuff. You know, even though the business, he he laid a lot of groundwork. Let's just say that for becoming a good man, the right kind of man, the Lord that loves the Lord. 
and you know seeks him first and, and but yet still if you go to fight just because you're a good christian don't mean you're a, a wimp by guys it does not it gives you the power to kick ass I don't sure. know if you can say that, and that sounds real hypocritical, saying you love God and saying ass for the same thing. <laughs> but the power of God is what drives a man to become a champion. If he's got it in him, he can he can conquer the world. Look at all the guys. I was just hearing guys giving their speech on the Hall of Fame. The greatest ones, they've given it all to God because they know without it, they weren't great because God through them was great. So he makes champions of us all. And where we rise from the ashes, brother, so many, I'm sure this will be at this show, have conquered this wrestling world and went went down through some type of injuries that always happen after you retire from this the road. After you retire from the road, every man's got to go down because he's hurt and he's got his wounds are going to come back and get him. So the more he lays around, the more he becomes dormant. Or if he doesn't become dormant, it's who rises from this. I mean, a lot of a lot of my my brother. And a lot of our friends, man, the closest friends have passed on me They're from the business. There's a few of my closest friends left, but really so many passed away. It's not to be taken lightly. This business ain't. I'm telling you, it's not to be taken lightly by anybody. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, career. You worked for WCW from 1990 to 1992. You had a, a great run in a tag team called the Southern Boys with Tracy Smothers. I remember you guys had some legendary matches with the fabulous Freebirds. Tell me about your time with WCW and teaming with Tracy. Yeah, yeah man. I, the first thing about it, right off the bat, we got in there and we they had a, a show, uh, a hurricane come through there. I think it was Hurricane Frederick came through and hit Charleston, South Carolina, and it you know knocked everything out. It, it crushed that town. So they called it Coastal Crush. The first, they went back there and did a. It was a. It was like a pay-per-view. They brought in the trucks and the, the satellite trucks and the di- big dishes and everything. And it was set up for like a big pay-per-view, but it went it went on television, right? It was televised all a lot a lot of places. I don't even know where all it went, but all over the country for sure, and probably some others. And that show we had, we took on I think the free the Freebirds, and like our first time with them, and we had good chemistry with them, and. Uh, and had a and lucked up, had a heck of a match, and you know it seemed like the match was on. Pandemonium ensued. We were in the car and out the gate, and, and you know to go party then or something, right? And we were just brand new. And uh, but then I heard the next day somebody from the office told me that you know that was a record. Something I heard some older guys talking. That was a record. Something last night. I was like, what? And they said, well, yeah, we we broke a record last night on uh, ratings. You can look, that should be in the records if, you, if that's something you doubt or something. <laughs> yeah. It should be checkable. But yeah, we did that. We were part of that, man. And we were we really had possibly the best match on the card, very possibly. I'm not sure, but it was one of the three best, probably. I'd go as far as to say that. Yeah, you guys had some, had some great matches. Now, you left WCW, then you headed up to the WWE. Of course, at that time, it was called the WWF. That was around 1992 to 1993. And they had you wrestling under the name Lance Cassidy during that time. Who contacted you about joining the WWE, and how much were you involved with uh, developing the Lance Cassidy gimmick? Mm, okay. Well, um, who was, was responsible? Let's see, how did we do that? I think I was, it was all running together so fast, mm-hmm. Steve, and it was, it was, it was a thing, so I can't, to think about it back, I have to slow down for a second. Let's see, before that, I was, 
working for, oh shoot, I guess WCW, and I was off for about six months. But as soon as I was was done with WCW, we were busy making shots and stuff and making good money on indies um, at that time because we were hot off the TV. And so uh, finally, I got ready to do something again, and uh, I was having, I had two kids, I think, already, and so I was enjoying being home. And just sitting there enjoying and enjoying, you know what I mean? <laughs> don't right. want to leave. And so finally I realized it's time for me to go again. And uh, so uh, sent a, had a had a guy send a package, a man named Brad Jacobson, sent a package up to J.J. Dillon and Vince McMahon up there. And uh, then after, I think it was maybe a couple of months later, three or four months later maybe, I got a call from Jerry Jarrett. I was just sitting out in the sun down here in northwest Florida, beautiful, getting sun at, uh, in Gulf Breeze, Florida. And um, Jerry Jarrett calls, and I get to, yeah, and I, I talk to him, and he goes, uh, hi, is this Steve? I said, yes, sir, it is. Who's calling, please? And he goes, he said, um, this is Jerry Jarrett from Memphis. How are you, Steve? And I said, yeah, because I'd worked for him twice already, I think. Me and Tracy and then me and Scotty went up there. Well, me and Scotty went up there the first time for a while, and then me and Tracy later. So Jerry calls me back after that, and and, uh, and he told me he he had the the queue in with Vince, you know, we, down out of Continental, we had nothing, we had nobody in with Vince. I mean, nobody that could hook you up and help you. So uh, so Jerry Jarrett must have got word possibly from JJ or something, or maybe he was in the office a little bit, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how the structure worked back then or care or nothing. I didn't, you know, just young man, busy, and. Um, so yeah, I got a call from Jerry, and he said, "Yeah, they got a cowboy gimmick for you, and uh, and they're wondering if you know if you'd do it." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Hey, I got some songs too." I, I said, "You think they'd want to be interested in them? Some songs too?" And he said, "Well, yeah, that'd be something they'd be willing to look at, but I think that's word for word." <laughs> he said, "That's something they they'd be willing to look at probably, but they just will need a cowboy for sure." And I said, do you need you need Tracy with me for this? Because I thought a cow, cowboy tag team would be cool. And he said, no, uh, it's just a single spot because they got an Indian. They had an Indian already, uh, Tatanka. And uh, so, so we get there, and, and uh, or he called me, and, and uh, anyway, I went up there, and, and uh, first night in, I, I separated a shoulder working with, with uh, Tom Scott, I think was his name, maybe, and. Uh, I separated a shoulder first match, man. I had I had three three matches that night. I was going to get three wins and shine and everything, man. And uh, just I couldn't go, man. It, it was strong like somebody was holding a hot iron to it. And mm. uh, if anybody's ever done it, they know that burning. And uh, uh, so I had to go over to the hospital that night. Couldn't do the other three wins, get the other three matches. And uh, and and then took I had to be off for. I don't know, probably about like four weeks. It was longer than, you know, I should, I needed to be. It was longer than I, they wanted me to come right back. Like a few days later, I had, would get calls from the girls, from some girl from the office, you know, a secretary, uh, Mr. Lance or, or Mr. Armstrong or whatever she was calling me. You, can you come back? And I said, ma'am, no, I, I can't. I can't come back yet. I can't lift my arm at all. I can't lift any weight without this fire pain. Uh, so I can't slam nobody. And I said, I'm, I, I participated at the time. I was just going a hundred percent fast as I could and not as hard as I could. I wasn't hitting 
you know what I'm saying. I was hitting hard when I needed to, and but I was able to run fast and good. So I was running as fast, hard as I could at the time, and and I knew I couldn't get in there and go like that without just pain, you know, hurting like hell. So I'd tell her, no, I couldn't, not yet, you know. So anyway, about a week later, I went back, and I can't, you know, from then on, it was just, you know, it was going well. I worked with a few guys, Terry Taylor and Steve Kern. And um, let's see who else. I just worked with several guys. Um, Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. Um, great guys, though, man. All of them were good to me. I can't complain. They were great to me. Vince was great to me. Pat Patterson was great to me. Uh, just real gentlemen. To, you know, as far as I can say, I had great dealings with them. And, and when I left them, it was because. At the, at the end, my son, my fourth son, was about to be born, or my fourth, my second son, but my fourth child was about to be done, and I'd missed, I'd missed my daughter, my first daughter. I'd missed, you know, just kind of missed her all the way up to, you know, or into like second, third grade, and it was just, and after that, you know, it finally hit me one night. I said, and I'll tell you what, what really made kicked it. I thought it hit me how I was away from my kids, and now I got four. And by God, I'm gonna miss them. That's what hit me. I'm gonna sure. miss it. And I remember this one thing was the clincher of all things. I said I remembered my dad being gone a lot when I was real young, uh, till about maybe third grade or something. He was gone, 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 man. I right. just rarely seemed like saw him much. He was so going all the time with Atlanta and to Japan and Korea and uh, and so I remember that, man, that hurt. And I didn't understand it. And then, you know, you get to be scared of your dad when you come home. You know, he's a huge guy and he's still amped up from the shows, uh, you know, going now for two, three years straight with just a day off here and there. And on TV, had a lot of pressure and stuff. So, you know, it became, I respect him. I love, I love my dad to death now, and I always have. But more so, I respect him. Now, after your after your run with the WWE, you went on and joined uh, Jim Cornette Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Tell us about right. that experience and teaming yeah. with your brother Scott uh, during that time. Right, Scotty was Dixie Dynamite with a hood on, <laughs> with a Rebel flag hood <laughs> on, the cape. <laughs> it was funny and it was fun. Cornette, I, I I love Jimmy Cornette, I really do, man. Uh, he's great. He's a great mind in this business. And uh, I hope he always will be. But uh, I give a lot to Jimmy Cornette, and I, I, I like him a lot, man. I really do. And he's the charter member of the Bob Armstrong Fan Club from about 40 years ago, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, probably 40 years ago at least. So he, he loves Dad, and Dad loves him, no doubt, man. Well, then after your after your run with Smoky Mountain, you went back to WCW in the mid-'90s. You had a good run with them for about five years Tell me a little bit about that time. That was during the the most successful times of WCW, but then as well as kind of towards their worst times at the end. So, right. what was that experience like? Um, it was great. It really was, man. It was it was an easy it was an easy gig. Really, it, it was just and we just did TVs. We didn't do the road at all. We did uh, again. I think it was like four four TVs a, a month, and then. You had, you know, you might, I might would have got a house show here and there, you know, during the week or something, but just really no, really just television. So it was a good gig, and, and the money was, for, for what we were doing, it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, five years of fun. I, I got, when I got out of, uh, for Vince, when I came home, 
there, um, Scott and Brian were in uh, WCW. They'd come, come back. Mm-hmm. And Brad was there, too, all three of them. And uh, Brad was going to Japan for New Japan at the time and back and forth in WCW. And so uh, I got there. I called. I said, who's booking? And they said, Kevin Sullivan. I called Kevin. He he created the Southern Boys. That was his, the whole deal was his gimmick and uh, worked really well. Uh, in Florida for him, he was booking Florida, and we went. He said, Steve, uh, we were in Continental. He said, Steve, I want to take you with me to Florida. And I said, uh, you know, well, okay, I guess. <laughs> so I went and got out there, and, uh, you know, Hero Matsuda took a liking to us. He, uh, he was part owner of the territory at the time. And Gordon Soley and yes, uh, Coach John Heath, who was uh, a collegiate wrestling coach for years. I mean, a great guy, real, real gentleman. Real gentleman, Coach Heath, and uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinks was was good, good for me. But anyway, I called. I got sidetracked. I called Kevin after Vince. Called Kevin up and he said, "Sure, come on in, brother. You know I, you know I can." And I walked right in and started working, man. So it was kind of a, uh, it was just you know it was just happening naturally, man. It was it was awesome, and, and my career was progressing just how I wanted it, you know too. Um, but yeah, so we're in WCW. We we got a hell of a crew going there. Better guys coming in by the day from Japan. Right. Um, we'll see. Uh, but um, I don't know. It was great. Some I had some great friends there. Mike Rotundo's one of my most valued friends. I, we hardly ever speak, but I don't think we have to to know you know who's who and what they're about and stuff. Right. Um, let's see. Just, uh, I've got a lot of friends. I can't remember a lot, you know, Steve, talking sometimes but uh, about it. But, um, yeah. I just, you know, I did, man. I had a good time. Oop. After that, is, what happened after that, you know, it kind of got fuzzy a little bit, but. Well, listen, Steve, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk to you about your career and just reminiscing about the things of your past. So I just want to thank you so much for your time. I want to thank you so much for your time and and congratulate you on being part of Universal Championship Wrestling. Hey, thank you very much, Stephen. And um, hello to all our fans out there along the South Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Atlanta. We're coming to you. We're coming home for this one. This is where I want my resting place to be is, by God, Georgia. But I live in Florida now, and it's awful sweet, and it's awful hard to leave. I bet. Well, as a reminder to the fans, we'll see you'll see Steve Armstrong along with many other big superstars at Universal Championship Wrestling Show on Saturday, August the 11th in Barnesville, Georgia, for Hometown Throwdown. Visit UCW website at ucwtv.com. Again, that is ucwtv.com. Dot com Universal Championship Wrestling. Also, be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Again, Steve, thank you so much, my friend. Best of luck to you, and I really appreciate your time today. All right, man, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, buddy. Take care. See y'all in, see y'all in Barnesville. Yes, sir. Take care. Okay, you too, bud. Bye-bye.